0: Talk Radio. It's the Speeway Show, an idea exchange empowering us to live well, live fully and love deeply. And now, here's our host, Speway. Well, hi there and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Speway Show. The topic of today's show is how I lost The weight. Are you tired of watching skinny paid actors and actresses grinning at you, telling you to buy the latest workout gadget? Are you tired of spending a ton of money on everything from pills to electronics that are supposed to help you lose weight with very little effort? Well, I did it. I lost the same weight I had been fiddling with for over a year. After the show, Losing Weight the Right Way. And if you missed it, it is available on com. And uh, on that show, I had um, former bodybuilder, Sean King, who gave us some tips on how to lose weight the right way. And uh, this isn't the first time in my life that I've had to lose the weight. So today, I am going to share with you my story This time was actually the third time I've lost weight in my life, or at least the third major time. And I'm going to share with you the lessons that I have learned along the way. Let me hasten to add that this is not a medical show. I'm not going to give you medical advice. I'm just going to give you my experience and what I have observed and what I have learned over the course of time, and hopefully it will give you some ideas that you can use and apply in your own life to do some additional digging into what might work for you if you are trying to lose weight. The first time I had to lose weight uh, was when I was in college. You might have heard of something called the freshman 15, the idea that unsuspecting freshmen often gain an average of 15 pounds when they get to college perhaps because they essentially fall victim to uncontrolled eating habits and don't know much about nutrition. Well, when I got to college from Zimbabwe, I was coming from an environment where we ate free-range chicken and organic meats and vegetables, where dessert was a rare treat, and snacks were uncommon. So the very first lesson that I learned about gaining weight is denial is a powerful fate. I got to college and I was on the meal plan. In the cafeteria I found high carbohydrate, high calorie, complex processed food, decadent dessert was available with every meal and it was good. On top of that, my girlfriend Joanne worked for Itza Pizza, the campus pizza shop, and when she got off work, At midnight, she would bring one or two extra pizzas to the dorm, and a group of us would sit around, eat pizza after midnight, drink regular pop, and after that, at about 3 in the morning, we would go to bed. No surprise, I didn't gain 15 pounds. I started my freshman year at about 125 pounds, and by the middle of my sophomore year, I was up to 162 pounds. And here's the kicker. I didn't notice as i went up in size i just assumed my clothes were shrinking in the dryer when i went shopping i assumed the clothing manufacturers were making sizes smaller if this sounds ridiculous it is but that's just how i justified my weight gain it was everything else but it was never that i was gaining weight and my weight was out of control denial was just a river in egypt for me i even remember trying unsuccessfully to cross my legs one day. They had become so chubby, and being only five foot two, I could no longer cross them. When faced with what should have been a huge wake-up call, I thought about it for a minute, then convinced myself that perhaps I'd never been able to cross my legs. Can you imagine? That was how much my denial was at work for me. So what I learned from that was, you know, denial really is a powerful thing. When you see people who are overweight and wonder how they let themselves go that much, if you've never been there, you don't understand just how strong an enemy denial can be. I do have a fix for that, and I'll tell you about that later. I'd like to tell you that that I finally saw the light one day all by myself, but I didn't. My friend Cynthia and her boyfriend came to visit me from Tennessee. They were from Zimbabwe as well. And I had dated her brother in high school, so she and I had known each other for quite some time. When she and her boyfriend came, they took a bunch of pictures. And when she sent me copies, there was one of me standing with her boyfriend, and she wrote something on the back of it about me looking like a piglet. Can you imagine? Only someone who loves you would be that honest. This takes me to my next point. Point number two, embrace the truth. If you are a woman and someone mistakes you for being pregnant, if you look pregnant and you're not, and you haven't just had a baby, don't get mad. Embrace the truth. If you are a man and your friends or family members are always teasing you about your weight, don't laugh it off and get mad. Later, embrace the truth. Because only if you embrace it can you actually do something about it. As I looked at the picture of me and my friend's boyfriend, I saw myself in a way I had not seen myself before. My face was round and puffy in a way it hadn't been in past years, and I could almost see grease just oozing out of it. My arms have always been disproportionately large, and I learned that looking at that picture. I since confirmed it because even after I lost the weight when I tried on suit jackets, and sometimes that's still true, they fit everywhere else but the arms are just always too tight, so I have big arms. The point was, it took my friend's critical remark to get me to see the truth. The truth about the dryer and the clothing sizes and the fact that my big sweaters and elastic pants that I liked because they were comfortable were simply accommodating my excess weight. I decided I had to do something about it. This takes me to my point number three. You can lose weight for another. My motivation for losing the weight taught me my next lesson. Many people say you should lose weight for yourself, which is true, but doing it for someone else can be sufficient motivation. In my case, I lost weight for my grandmother when I first left for college she was and she was a tiny little bird of a woman she was barely five feet tall, and she was skinny. And uh, when I left for college, she said to me, okay, child, there's only one of you going to the United States, and there should only be one of you coming back. Now, I never did figure out, and I didn't have the courage to ask her whether she meant I shouldn't get pregnant or whether she meant I shouldn't gain weight because she had always thought I was chubby at 125. But I figured, hey, you know, whichever one, I just know that both of those are not going to be acceptable to her. So... How am I going to lose weight for my grandma? Because I'm thinking, if I get home looking like this, she is going to have a fit. To add to my sense of urgency was the fact that I was going to graduate from college in three years and not four. So I had a year less than most people do. At the time, there was a commercial for a weight suppressant that was always running on TV. Chubby people became thin just by taking this pill, and suddenly they weren't as hungry. So off I went to the drugstore and got myself a pack of these pills. After uh, that failure, it just so happened that I signed up for a phys ed class. And by the way, that's where I learned my next lesson, because what I did was I bought these pills, and I distinctly remember the first time I took them, I read the label, followed the instructions, took the whatever it was, one or two pills, And then I sat on my bed waiting for the weight to come off. Can you imagine? Well, of course, I spent, I think I spent the whole day just sitting around my room waiting for this weight to come off. And at the end of the day, you know, I looked just the same. And then, of course, I thought, well, actually, these were weight suppressants, right? These were, no, it was an appetite suppressant pill. It was supposed to reduce your appetite, thereby making you eat less. And so... In thinking about that, what I realized was I wasn't eating because I was hungry. I was eating because the food was good. And there are a lot of people, as I have learned, who don't actually eat because they're hungry. So the concept of an appetite suppressant was actually not very useful for me since that wasn't my problem. Well, the pills didn't work. So this takes me to lesson number four, which I learned after. I signed up for a phys ed class, which was actually, I think it was one of the mandatory classes we had to take. This class was taught by one of the football coaches. On the first day of class, he taught me lesson number four, which was essentially no pain, no gain. He said to everybody in the class, I'm going to tell you something in this first day. In fact, in these first couple of minutes of this class, that is going to save you more money over the course of your lifetime than anything else that I can say to you about physical education. And what he said was, there is no secret to weight loss except diet and exercise. He said, do not believe any of those machines that are advertised on television where they say you can strap this electronic gadget on and it will do all the work for you. It will melt away the pounds by, you know, some sort of electrical force around your waist, and you can you can lose weight in all the spots where you want to lose weight. You can lose weight just by laying there, and it, 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 the machine will do everything for you. He said don't believe any of those claims. No pain, no gain. That is all there is to it. If you don't change, the amount of calories that you take in and reduce them compared to the amount of energy that you're putting out, you are not going to gain weight, period, the end. So that was the lesson that I learned. The bottom line is whether the pain of weight loss you experience is the physical strain of exercise or the emotional pain of changing your eating habits, if you don't have to make some effort to change what you've been doing, you're not going to lose the weight. Do not trust any program that involves you reclining comfortably while it, whatever it is, does all the work for you. So I had to find a new plan for losing weight. At that time, my college purchased, actually, in fact, I think it was donated, an original StairMaster stair stamp machine. This thing was coveted. We heard rumors that it cost $5,000, which was a whole lot of money, back in the 80s. And... It was so magical that it was sequestered. It was enclosed all by itself around a, in, in, by a fence, a little chain link fence that was uh, installed around it and it was sitting under the stairs um, that you took to go upstairs to the gym and people had to sign up in 20-minute increments to use this amazing piece of equipment. I was on that machine Five days a week for 20 minutes, and I got to the point where I was actually maintaining a pace at the highest level at for the full 20 minutes. Then something interesting happened. The weight began to come off. The stairmaster was the big difference. I did that for 20 minutes, and three times a, uh, three times a week I'd go upstairs and I'd lift weights. I didn't really change my eating habits much, except I did lay off the dessert and I did quit eating the pizzas late at night, thanks to my um phys ed class I could eat I did discover though that I could eat just about anything, and I never felt full or bloated, and I was burning off the food very efficiently and so my metabolism had increased, and I could actually eat more than I had before. By the time I left college, I was back to 125 pounds. But because of the exercise, I actually looked smaller than I had as a freshman. With trepidation, I went home. When my grandmother saw me, she looked me over really closely. And she said nothing, and I just practically trembled in my shoes waiting for her to speak. Then she finally said one word. She said, Wawanda which means it's 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 china which is my native language it means you've gotten thin boy i heard the 4th of july fireworks and the sun came out god himself miles down at me that's how much i cared about my grandmother's opinion and now at this point i'm back to 125 and then the question was how am i going to keep the weight off this takes me to the next lesson that I learned. Number five: overcome denial. In order to successfully keep the weight off, you need an objective measure of your weight. In my case, I bought a scale, and for twenty years, I hopped on that scale every single Sunday. I established what I called my break point weight. That meant if I hit that weight, and at the time, I set it at one hundred and thirty pounds. I had to lose weight no matter what. Even if I thought I still looked fine, even if my clothes still fit, sort of, even if my husband said I looked fine, I had to lose the weight simply on the strength of what that scale said. As a result, I was able to overcome the de- the denial because usually when, you- when I got to my break point weight, I wasn't feeling too bad but I kept the weight off until I got pregnant with my two girls. My suggestion to you is that if you are trying to keep off unwanted weight, have an objective measure that you will trust and follow and do not deny no matter what. The scale can be your best friend. It was certainly my best friend. Law school taught me my next lesson that I will share with you. This is lesson number six. Most skinny people are not born that way i worked at the student union as a waitress i served banquets in the cafeteria and private parties even at 125 pounds then because i'm five foot two uh, i actually considered myself one of the chubby people compared to you know the skinny people the skinny people or the thin students and i call them skinny people at this point just for effect they weren't all skinny and um a lot of them certainly looked very, very attractive. I resented the skinny people because I assumed that most of them had been born that way. But after a while, I noticed something. Here's a classic example. A banquet meal always consisted of three courses, a salad, a main meal, and a dessert. The chubby people, like me, would go to the skinny people and we would trade some of our meal so we would trade our salads for another slice of german chocolate cake the skinny people would take the salad eat two of them and if they ate them with the dressing they would talk about how they were going to go running the next day to get rid of the sweet oh the chubby people we would eat two German chocolate cakes plus the entire meal, and we'd go home and go to sleep. <laughs> and so ever since then, I have always noticed that most skinny people are skinny because they work at it. They didn't have great skinny jeans just handed to them. I have a colleague. I'll call her Jenny. Jenny is in excellent shape. She's very slender. She's got these She's got runner's legs and... Um, You know, just in excellent athletic shape. But she has a sweet tooth, and she seems to eat everything sweet. Thanksgiving and Christmas are her favorite times of year because that's when she bakes a ton of sweets and there's always something sugary around the office. Well, in my younger days, I would have resented her apparent ability to consume large amounts of sugar and still look like that, flat-bellied and slender. But when you watch people like that closely, or when you talk to them about their habits, you find out that actually they too earn every single pound that they don't keep. Jenny was a marathon runner and long-distance skier in college, and she clocked in, you know, over 900 hours a year working out. To this day, she runs something like three miles every, an average of about three miles every single day. I've never run three miles in my life. And if I ran three miles daily, though, I, too, could eat all the stuff that she eats and not have it shell. So she's burning it off. I have another friend, Deborah, who is a size two. She is barely five feet tall, so she's a skinny little bird of a thing. The first time Deborah and I went to lunch, I noticed that she did not eat any of the bread we were given as an appetizer. I sure did. And while I was slurping down spaghetti, the lunch she ordered was very, very lean. One day, back to my friend Jenny the runner, one day I went to lunch with her, and she and I both ordered the same salmon dish, but at the end of the meal, I had eaten most of the salmon and most of the white rice. She had eaten all of the salmon and none of the white rice. All that to say, most of us are not created thin. We have the capacity to look our most fabulous, but we have to earn it. Start paying attention to what your skinny friends and colleagues do and don't do, and start paying attention to what they eat and don't eat, and not only will it become clear why they look the way they do, but you'll also pick up some easy tips on what you could do to change your habits. And most people don't announce it. I went to a uh, conference once, and there was this uh, woman, one of the attendees, and we all went out, a group of us went out to dinner together, and she was very slender, um, had a very nice figure, and I noticed that when all of us sat down at lunch together, she did not eat any of the lunch. What she did do was she when we went out to dinner, we went out to dinner and she ate a very healthy dinner. I didn't say anything to her about it, but it was just one more piece of evidence to me that actually skinny is not just a gift. Go to the gym and you will immediately see the difference between the bodies of the people who are just visiting and the regulars. No matter what your body shape is, you can make it look its best by working out chronically. Tight buns, chiseled abs, biceps, you can always tell the people who are chronic or long-term regulars at the gym. It doesn't just come. You have to earn it. And what that means is for those of us who might not have the chiseled buns and the tight this and the tight that, you can't be resentful of people who have those things because those are the folks who are at the gym throughout the year when all those New Year resolutioners stop going around March. This takes us to the next lesson that I have learned over the years, lesson number seven, most diet and exercise programs work. How can that be, you might be thinking. Why? Everybody says most diet and exercise programs do not work. I don't even remember the last time someone told me a diet worked. I would argue that, yes, they do. If you get on the Slim Fast Plan and you drink a shake for breakfast, one for lunch, and a reasonable dinner, you can't help but lose weight. If you join Weight Watchers and you you consume food within your daily points allotment, you will lose weight. If you join Jenny Craig or Metafast or any of those programs where they prescribe your food for you, you will lose weight. And if you attach that diet program to a legitimate and consistent workout regimen, whether at home or at the gym, you will lose weight. The problem is not that the programs don't work. The problem is that we don't stick to the programs. And because we are so self-centered and life is all about me, I don't point at myself and my failure to follow the program. I point at the program and say, why, that program doesn't work. I've never liked diets personally that required me to eat food I normally would not eat because as soon as the diet is over, I'm going back to my normal habits. So with weight loss for me, my goal has always been to adjust my normal habits in such a way that I could sustain the weight loss that I wanted. Knowing that most programs work is actually good news and it's a blessing for you. Don't get discouraged thinking you cannot stick to anything, therefore you are doomed. Be encouraged because what it means is that there is a program that will fit your needs and work for you. My goal is never to find a quick fix but to find a way to adjust my lifestyle so that I can sustain whatever I'm doing to control my weight on a long-term basis. This takes us to the next lesson that I learned, and it is this. Lesson number eight, weight loss is not an event. It's a lifetime. It is not a sprint. It is a marathon, and you have to pace yourself and set your course appropriately. Remember when I lost the thirty. 30- Seven pounds in college and weighed in every Sunday and established my breakpoint weight. Well, I did that from the time I was in college until the time I got pregnant with my first child, which was about nine years. So what that means was, what that means is for nine years, I was getting on the scale every single Sunday. And at the end of that nine years, I still fit into my high school 125-pound clothes because I was actively monitoring my weight. I actually did have a girlfriend who said to me, well, just because you can fit into it doesn't mean you want to be wearing it. And if you can't buy it in the clothes today, in the in the stores today, you probably ought not be wearing it. But that's a topic for a different show. After my second child, that was the second time that I, major time that I needed to lose weight. Not that I didn't need to lose weight in between, but... I at least had it reasonably well under control because every time I got towards that breakpoint weight, I would make sure that I stayed at least under it. And there were times when I was just under that breakpoint weight. I was 128, 129, and that was my average for years. But as long as I was under my 130, then I was below my established crisis point. After my second child, I needed to lose the last 10 pounds that everybody said were impossible to lose. Incidentally, if you've heard that you cannot lose the last 10 pounds after a pregnancy, that's a lie. Here's what I learned about the last 10 pounds. I gained about 25 pounds with each child. I'm short, so it wasn't much. Before I started eating myself out of house and home with the first child, which I assumed I'd be able to do because now I'm pregnant, I'm eating for two and all of that. I I heard somewhere, and I forget where I picked it up, that actually the only increase you need in your diet when you're pregnant is 300 calories, which is the equivalent of one candy bar a day. So all that stuff about eating twice as much because you're eating for for two is not true. And women who eat twice as much because they're eating for two actually only dig themselves into a bigger hole because... At the end of that pregnancy, if you're hoping to get rid of that weight, the more you have, the harder it's going to be. You should gain a healthy amount of weight for your height based on your doctor's requirements. And my doctor actually pushed me to get to 125. It's not that I was trying not to to gain the weight because I figured, hey, I'm carrying a baby, I should be gaining weight. But it was just that I didn't need to eat that much. And because I wasn't eating that much, I wasn't gaining a lot of weight. But here's what I found about the last 10 pounds. I found that it was hard to lose because the first 15 pounds of my 25 that I gained just came off by themselves after I had the baby. The last 10 pounds stuck. After six months of carrying them around, I finally realized that if I was going to get rid of them, I had to treat them like any other weight that I had gained and didn't want. So the problem for most women is that if you haven't learned how to lose your own weight, you're not going to know how to get rid of the last 10 pounds, and that's why it sticks with you. Well, by now, I didn't have time to go to the gym and spend 20 minutes on the Stairmaster every day on top of several hours in the gym. Between a full-time and very busy job and two kids under the age of three and all the other busy things that life at that stage brings, I just didn't have the time. So, I turned to weight Watchers. I watched my uh, points and tried diligently to stick to my allotted number. It was hard, and I had fits and starts, but eventually, I learned about the points value of food and I learned enough about what to eat and what to stay away from. So Again, I say the point system works that most diet programs worked When I got to my break break point weight, sometimes I would just drink slim fast i 'd get on the slim fast plan i'd go to the grocery store buy a bunch of milkshakes and i would have those and fruit in between my breakfast and my afternoon milkshake and then i'd come home and i'd have a nice reasonable dinner early in the evening and i would lose the weight the now we fast forward to the show that i did earlier this way uh, this year that i talked about earlier called losing weight the right way Hundreds of you tuned in to that show to listen to tips by former bodybuilder Sean King as he talked about what to do and not to do to lose weight the right way. But do you remember the picture of him and me sitting in the gym? If not, you can actually see it on the posting for that show. You can even play the video because it was a video show. Um, so go see uh, go see it at com and you can actually see what I look like. Now, the other thing is, just for yucks, I've actually included it in the posting for this show, so you can see the before and the after. And I looked at that video, and what I saw on the show was appalling. I looked at how chunky my torso was, and I remember, you know, just feeling mortified. In fairness, I knew I had gained weight because I was still weighing in every Sunday, And rather than fluctuating around 123, 125 pounds, I was consistently clocking in at my breakpoint weight and a little above. So I was around 130, 131 pounds. And if you're looking at the photos for this show on blogtalkradio.com, you can see what I look like in the scrolling pictures. Um, And you can actually also see, I posted the photo for you, what I looked like in the green top. When we did the show, as well as what I now look like <laughs> in the black midriff, in the black, uh, the the black sports bra that you see, uh, also in a the picture there. In truth, I had been around 130 pounds for you know close to a year before that show. I had been traveling a fair amount, eating a lot of restaurant food, and not working out consistently. I did not like the fact that my clothes were tight and not fitting properly, but it didn't bother me enough to do something about it until I saw that image. Back to my first lesson about denial. Denial is a powerful thing. And even though I was hopping on the scale, I was still in denial about how, in my opinion, bad I looked. I had tried points again, but I just couldn't seem to stick to it. I tried the gym, but between my travel schedule and the kids' activities and everything else, I just couldn't seem to get there consistently enough to really make a difference. When I saw that raw footage before it was posted for that show, Losing Weight the Right Way, I remember making all sorts of dismayed noises to Sean, who said to me, you know, that's just water weight. And I remember pinching all that fat in my in my belly and saying, well, water? That sure doesn't feel like water to me. And then he reiterated some of the advice he had given on the show. He told me that for three weeks, I should stop eating carbs and salt. I should drink lots of water, stick to protein and vegetables. And he said to me, if you do that, you're going to lose your undesired weight in no time. By now, I had leveled out at 133 pounds, and my wardrobe options had become seriously limited. He also warned me that I would become lethargic after a while because I wouldn't be getting the energy I needed from the carbs. So I needed to take vitamin B12 to replenish. Well, I love meat, and I have several veggies that I liked, so I figured I'd try it. I was to eat no pork and avoid red meat as much as possible, so I got into the habit of eating eggs and fish for breakfast. I love chicken, so I'd have chicken and some sort of green vegetable for lunch. I knew from my points days that the best chicken was anything that wasn't fried. In fact, the best meat um, is anything that's not fried. So grilled, baked, stewed, all good. Green vegetables carried zero points. So theoretically, I could have as large a portion of veggies as I needed to make up for the lack of rice, pasta, carbs, or anything else that I would have normally eaten. I experimented with seasonings for fish and chicken like I had never done before. I might stew the chicken in savory spices like a combination of Worcestershire sauce, paprika, curry powder, pepper, and Creole seasoning. Then I'd cut up some tomatoes, onions, and green uh, peppers to add to the flavor. That was good. If I wanted to try something sweet, I might bake the chicken in a sauce where I'd combine barbecue sauce, a sweet marinade, brown sugar, honey, and teriyaki sauce. For fish, I might pan fry salmon uh, in a combination of Dijon mustard, mayonnaise, and soy sauce. Once I simply marinated tilapia in some salt, uh, in a little bit of salt, pepper, and Italian salad dressing. And another time I thought, hmm, I wonder what salsa might taste like. So I marinated fish in just regular salsa. And uh, that didn't taste too badly. Whatever you have in your cupboard, just play with it. Just play with it. Take it. Mix things up together and just see what you like. Now, you might have noticed that I was clearly not paying too much attention to the salt, carb, and sugar content in the ingredients that I was using. If I was using things like mayo, soy sauce, brown sugar, barbecue sauce, but as I said, I wasn't looking for a crash diet but I was looking for a lifestyle change that I could embrace and sustain long-term. That is the stuff that I like to use, so I needed to find a solution that would work for me. When I took the girls to fast food restaurants, my daughters, I would eat the burger and the fixin's without the bread. I used more spices to reduce the amount of salt in my food, because John had told me that actually salt makes you retain water, which is part of my problem. I love salt. And, you know, never mind all the other issues like hypertension and everything else, high blood pressure and so on, that can result from um, too much salt. So I had to try and find a way to reduce that, which I did, and I did drink a lot of water. Sure enough, around the second week I did find that I did not have a lot of energy. I had a hard enough, I just had a hard time getting out of bed in the morning. I had no energy to go to the gym, and I started taking my B12. Sean had also told me that no-carb diet was a good thing to do long-term because you do need carbs in your diet. And in any event, if you check the ingredients of most foods, you will find that they have some carbohydrate content, even fruits. Bananas have carbohydrates. So avoiding carbs altogether is actually not that practical. And you remember I was looking for a long-term solution that I could sustain. So the serious carb depriva- deprivation for me was just for the 3 weeks that it was going to take to lose the 13 pounds that I didn't want. Well, actually, because I was doing the soy sauce and, you know, the the marinades and all that other stuff, um, and because I was eating fruit for my sugar fix instead of, you know, the other sweet things, the processed stuff, the muffins, the cookies, and the chocolate that I normally would have eaten, it actually took me five weeks to lose the weight. I had some lapses where I'd eat something that had more carbs in it. Um, as I said, fruit has carbs, so even when I ate those, I was taking in carbs, but that was fine. Um And, you know, Sean had actually warned me against fruit because he said, you know, avoid the fruits that have a lot of sugar. Um, Grapes, pineapple, lots of sugar content, but, you know, frankly, I wasn't in that much of a hurry to lose the weight. And um, so I I wasn't willing to give up all the salt and I wasn't willing to give up all the sugar. So I was content to let things slide a bit. This takes me to lesson number 10 that I learned in losing weight. I was surprised to find that my body behaved differently when I eliminated the serious carbs like the rice, the pasta, and the bread. Sean had told me not even to eat wheat products because many of them are hybrids that contain some percentage of processed, complex carbs. So here are the changes in my body that I noticed. In in, in lesson number 10, by the way, I will call it Your Body Changes When You Eat Correctly. I noticed this. Number one, my craving for sweets declined. Now, it's not a matter of deprivation anymore. I just don't crave the cookies and the chocolate and the muffins and the cake like I used to. Dr. Atkins, who created the Atkins No Carb Diet, would probably say that that's because I weaned my body from its addiction to sugar, which many of us suffer from. The second thing that I noticed was that the shape of my body did change. My stomach flattened out even though I wasn't doing a ton of crunches or ab work just because I stopped eating all the carbs. One of the things that Sean said to me was that all those carbs tend to go straight to your belly. So when you see even thin women and men who have pudgy bellies when you would think they shouldn't, it may be because they're eating a diet that's heavy and complex carbs. They go right to your middle. So once I stopped eating them so much, the weight from my middle disappeared. The third thing, and this might gross you out a bit, but it's something you wouldn't know unless you've ever tried seriously reducing the carbs in your diet. The way I internalized this lesson was to liken my body to a factory. Food comes in, is processed and used, and waste comes out. When you see a factory that has a lot of black smoke coming out, it's indicative of the amount of pollutants in the waste being released in the smoke, right? On the other hand, if the smoke is white or clear, that also tells you that the factory is burning cleaner energy. Well, it turns out that your body is exactly the same way. It functions the same way. When I was eating a lot of complex carbs, my pee was usually dark yellow And in varying degrees, but generally pretty dark yellow. I heard a doctor say once that you don't actually need to drink eight glasses of water a day, but enough so that your pee is clear. And that's when you know that you have flushed out the impurities from your body. Well, imagine my surprise when I noticed that actually, with a very low carb diet focused on the protein and the vegetables, I didn't have to drink any water for my pee to come out clear. I was burning much cleaner energy with far fewer impurities naturally. The fourth thing I noticed, which I think was because I was burning cleaner energy, was just how much better I felt. I was less tired during the day even when I didn't get a lot of sleep. I was no longer nodding off when I sat for long periods of time during meetings, for example. And not only that, But I didn't have the sugar highs and lows that my previous diet created. And best of all, physically, I felt well. You never know how sluggish your body is until you change your eating habits and feel how much more efficiently it can run. I felt better than I ever had before. My belly stopped sticking out. I was more alert All the way around, I looked and felt much more healthy. So those were the things that I learned when I started um, eating better and stopped with all of the complex carbohydrates. So that's how I lost my most recent 13 pounds. I also got more consistent about going to the gym. And one day I walked by a mirror and I saw myself and I thought, hey, I look hot. (laughs) And that's when I took the photo you see of me in the sports bra and the cap. Do you see the difference in my abs compared to the photo when I was in the Greek? Generally, I'm very conservative about showing my midriff because actually I I, I still have some excess skin there because of the the two babies. So for me to wear the sports bra took a feat of serious self-confidence. But I really felt good about myself and I looked. So much better. And actually, the reason I took that photo was because I had two girlfriends of mine, and um, they were my, uh, I called them my accountability partners, even though we didn't work out together. And I would send them a note every morning when I was at the gym, I'd send them a note because that kept me intent on being consistent, and it encouraged them as well because then when they went to the gym, they felt like, okay, Spiro went to the gym today, so I'm going to find time to go to the gym today. So it was that day that I took that photo and I sent it to them via text and I said, oh, my gosh, I actually look different all those mornings when I was at the gym at 4 o'clock, not feeling like it, not wanting to be here. Would you look at this? And so all of us got to celebrate the amazing transformation from that time. So at about that time, I did reach my goal weight of 123 pounds. And at that time, my older child, Olivia, had her 10th birthday. That was the first time I had a lot of carbs since I had started my new low-carb lifestyle. Now, Sean had warned me that when I got back to a regular diet, I needed to ease the carbs in slowly. Well, that day I ate the pizza and the cake, and boy, did I feel like crap for the rest of that day and the day after. And almost immediately, the the following morning, my stomach poked out, and it looked like it was poking 10 miles out compared to where it was the day before. I realized then that this is how I always used to feel. But since I had nothing to compare it to before, I didn't realize there was a much healthier way and there was a much better way that I could feel. So now the temptation is not there to eat a lot of sweets. I will occasionally pick up a piece of candy from a candy jar at work, but on most days I can pass the candy, the donuts, the bagels, the muffins, the cookies, with no urges. If I eat something decadent like my favorite breakfast, traditionally, which was a donut and a caramel mocha latte from um, caribou coffee for breakfast. That was all the sugar that I would typically have in a day if I did that. Sometimes I find I get so filled by a burger and fries when I do indulge that that's all I can eat in that day because I feel so bloated and so full. I don't feel like eating anything else. So now my eating habits have adjusted in the way that is closer to the skinny people that I know. I still don't consider myself skinny, but skinny was not my goal. My goal was simply to get to a weight where I liked the way my clothes fit, I liked the way I felt, I liked the way I looked, and I was healthy. These days, I do monitor my diet. In fact, at the beginning when I lost the weight, I was on the scale Not just every Sunday, but I was on the scale scale every single day. Not because I was obsessing, but because I did notice that certain things I ate had an immediate impact on my weight every single day. I have heard it said that it takes about three days for your food to manifest on the scale. So I think maybe it's because I'm so short that I can see the changes immediately. Obviously, if you're taller, it's going to not only can you carry more weight, without it showing as much, but also that means you're going to have to lose more weight before it really, really shows. If I had a burger and fries, for example, I could see it reflected in the fluctuation in my weight the next morning. If I spent a day eating protein and veggies, the weight went down. And that's how I monitor my weight today. And the thing that I want to leave you with at the end of all of this is that there are so many good and effective weight loss programs out there that I am positive you can find one that is right for you. I have never been interested in counting calories, and there has never been a time when I've done that. I just don't want to know that much about the food I eat. I have a general idea of what's healthy and what's not, and that's good enough for me. I wanted something simple that I could maintain without charting, calculating and looking stuff up and that's what I have today. It's a basic understanding of food. Protein, vegetables, anytime I need to lose some weight, I just stick to the protein and the vegetables for a couple of days and my weight goes down. If I feel like indulging, I go to a party and I have some alcohol, I eat some macaroni and cheese and I do you know, I, I, I do all of that. I actually recently went to my girlfriend's wedding. And I ate, you know, everything. And uh, I was there for a week and I got back and I discovered that I had gained five pounds over the course of that week. And so now I'm back on my protein and veggie diet until I get back to my 123. And my new break point weight is actually 125 because I figured that actually 130 for somebody, my height was just too much. No matter what it is that you choose, You have to really want it. When I'm tempted to reach for a muffin or some high-calorie item, I think about what I want the scale to tell me the next morning. I want that morning high more than I want the food. Therefore, I can resist. There is nothing better for me to start my day off than to jump on a scale and have it tell me that I either weigh what I want to weigh or I weigh less than I weighed yesterday if I was trying to lose a pound or two or that I've gotten my eating to where I need it to be And that makes me, no matter what else is going on in the world, no matter what kind of busy, work day, kid, crazy day I have that day, it always makes me smile. When I get on the scale in the morning and I see that my weight is what it should be, I am just happy and the sun comes out and God smiles down at me from heaven. It's great. You might say, though, you know, that's all very interesting, right? You want wellness, good health, great appearance, and the compliments that come your way. You have to want that more than the next bite. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, well, you know, that's very interesting experience, but that's hard, isn't it? Well, yeah, but not as hard as diabetes, not as hard as a heart failure, not as hard as heart disease, not as hard as all of the things that come with overweight with being overweight, not as hard as all the complications that come with being grossly overweight or obese it's not even as hard as trying to cross your legs when you're five foot two and hundred and sixty two pounds. so which kind of hard do you want? which kind of hard is easier? Do you want the hard the the heart that comes with feeling guilty after you ate way too much or after you binged today again? Or do you want the kind of heart that says, you know what, this is going to be hard for a season, but after I lose this weight, all I have to do is maintain. That's it. It's going to be hard for a minute, and then once I change my habits, I'll be on my way. Certainly, the kind of heart that comes with being in good health and looking and feeling good about yourself is a lot easier to deal with than the other kind of heart. This takes us to the end of our show today. Today. I really hope that I have given you some practical ideas that you can use in your own life from my journey. Until next week, and feel free. You know, I encourage you, if you found this useful, um, send me a note on the Facebook page. Facebook.com slash the Speeway show and uh, let me know what's going on with you or if you have found a way of losing weight that really works for you, that you want to share, hey post it on the post it on the Facebook page or, or page or you can go on Twitter. But until next week, this is USA. saying go in peace and lose that weight. Thank you for joining us on The Speedway Show. Visit thespeedwayshow.com for content and other episodes. Join the fan page at facebook.com slash the speedway Show. And follow Speedway on Twitter at the handle The Speedway Show. Until next week, live well, live fully, and love deeply.